Hail, hail, my name is Mark Henderson and a very warm welcome to the Celtic View podcast. We've been away for 12 months, but we're back and not much has changed in paradise. The Brendan Rodgers revolution is still marching forward and brushing all before it. Celtic are still dominating Scottish football and as we speak on the eve of the Hamilton game, the hoops are still unbeaten domestically. Four major honours in a row, European football beyond Christmas, top of the table. Yes, it's, an, it's still an exciting time to be a Celtic fan and these naturally will be covered in the Christmas special of the Celtic View. To discuss the exclusive content in the mag, I am joined by Celtic View editor Paul Cuddihy and Celtic View reporter Tony Connolly. So let me start with you, Tony. Welcome to your first Celtic podcast. You've been with The View now since August, so just tell us how you've enjoyed life in The View so far. Thank you, Mark. It's been an amazing uh, 12 weeks. Um, a dream come true. I've been a Celtic supporter all my life. Had a season ticket before coming to work here and now I have one of the best seats in the house. I get to sit here each week and watch the Invincibles do their thing. Uh, it's been very eventful. We've achieved a lot in that time. Unbeaten runs and qualifying for the Champions League. So it's it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, well, you, you aren't. You, I think you'll be relieved that you haven't become the Jonah of the office because things were going so well before you arrived. But thankfully, they have continued. So... Uh, no problems there at all. And Paul, uh, great to have you back again. Um, I've never been away, Mark. Yeah, I know you haven't, but uh, you're obviously back on the podcast again, and it's always great to hear your your thoughts on everything Celtic. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to talk about the Christmas edition of the Celtic View. A lot of hard work has went into the magazine, some fantastic exclusive content. Could you just give us a flavour of what's in the year, this year's edition? Yeah, you're right. It is a, it's always a fantastic edition. It's always a... A real stocking filler, it always does really well. I think a lot of people do get it as a, as a Christmas present, just a wee extra for the Celtic fan in, in their life. Um, we've got it uh, this year, as always, we always give away a, a year planner for next year. A big, we've also got a big poster celebrating the four trophies under Brendan Rodgers. And then it's just packed full of, of great content. We've got an exclusive interview with the manager just talking about the whole Christmas period and what it's like as a, a player and a manager. Scott Brown answers fans' questions. I know you sat down with him for that. My favourite feature every year in the Celtic View, which we'll hear about as well, is when you get one of the, the first team players to choose their, their favourite songs. And uh, this year it's, it's Kieran Tierney and it's, it's absolute top class. We've also got a bit of uh, acting flavour, Martin Comston and, and Greg McHugh as well. Uh, James McLean, who obviously loves the Celtic, he's in it. So there's, there's loads of stuff and loads of competitions as well. Our sponsors are always really generous with prizes and there's a, a particular a fantastic Daffabet competition to win hospitality for 10 people to the breaking game early next year so that's well worth checking out as well. Yeah lots of great stuff Paul. Uh, now we're going to start off by looking uh, more in depth at the Scott Brown and Kieran Tierney features in the magazine. Now I, I spoke to I, I spoke to Scott and Kieran for, for both of them. Uh, both really interesting and informative. Uh, first of all with Scott's feature was a Q&A and we had a fantastic response on Twitter, some great questions from the Celtic uh, family across the world wanting to ask the captain. A variety of questions, some really, really funny ones as well, some interesting answers as well from, from Scott. And, uh, and Paul, it's always good to speak to Scott because he's always happy to do stuff with us. He always loves engaging with the supporters and he's always up for a laugh as well. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's you know, over the last 10 years, we've really seen him evolve and grow as obviously as a player you know I think the captaincy's helped him but I think he's, there's a real maturity now and certainly I think under Brendan Rodgers he's I think he's seen it as an opportunity to obviously improve as a player but also enhance and, and prolong his career and he's like a role model for the younger ones as you say 
he also loves uh, engaging with the fans and, and as always when, when we ask for questions there are some pretty entertaining questions and quite entertaining answers as well. Yeah, which we will hear of very soon. And, and Tony, um, I mean, uh, you've obviously had a chance to speak to Scott a couple of times as well. And as Paul was saying, he is, uh, you know, everyone has this impression, you know, he's a jack the lad, ha, you know, has a good laugh behind the scenes. Uh, but he's also a very serious character, you know, very focused on his football. And his game has evolved incredibly in the last couple of years, particularly under Brendan Rodgers into this you know, really controlling midfielder, and we've just seen it throughout this season how impressive he's been domestic football and in the Champions League as well. Absolutely, he's a real consummate professional, and I really admire how professional he is in in that regard. I mean, y- you can see that his fitness right now he's he's as fit as he's ever been, um, and he's just such plays such an instrumental role in inspiring the, some of the young boys as well. Uh, I've spoken to a lot of the this the Celtic development squad and. They all cite Scott as a huge inspiration and, and really a great leader in passing on advice to them as well. So all through the ranks, he's just a, a natural leader and really has a, a huge presence in the, in the club. And it's also a compliment. For, as, as a man who uh, runs 10Ks in about 32 minutes, that's a compliment that, that you're saying Scott Brown's never looked fitter because you put the rest of us to shame. I, I wouldn't want to, to try and race Scott Brown in a, a 10k, absolutely not, no, he, w- he would hammer me, but uh, yeah, yeah, I do enjoy a bit of running, but I'll, uh, I'll stay away from competitiveness. Well, yeah, safe to say, Tony, you are the fittest ever Celtic View reporter in history, certainly, as Paul said, putting us to shame, uh, we were all raving about our 10ks, and then, then you arrived in the office, um, but we're going to talk about the next, uh, your favourite feature in this year's view, and it, uh, it's always one of mine as well, Paul, since we've been doing it, since it's in that, since I've been at the club, and it's the perfect playlist. Kieran Tierney was up this year, and he was the main the main candidate. Um, you know, he is the guy who has the responsibility of playing the post-match tunes in the Celtic dressing room. It's a, a big responsibility when there's so many different characters, different nationalities, different cultures, and they are a lot to please. But uh, from the the feature, when, when you all read it, he's got a very eclectic selection, and uh, it was really enjoyable to do. What, what did you make of it this year, Paul? As I say, it's, it's genuinely one of my favourite features that we do every year because it's always interesting. And I think the players, uh, you know, I know you gave... Kieran uh, Stuart Armstrong's from last year just to give them an idea and then they go away and they always they always have a think about it and then they come along with their phone with the, the, some of the songs they've been listening to and I think a lot of people will be surprised for a young guy that some of the songs that he's chosen it's not you know just things that maybe other 20 he actually says that in the feature it's, he doesn't maybe have the same sort of taste as other 20 year olds so there's some uh, some old classics a couple of surprising songs and you know I'm sure I'm probably not the only person that's always wondered what Kieran Tierney's favourite hymn is but the Celtic View reveals it in this feature, and it's uh, absolutely brilliant. It has got the best first line to an answer I think I've ever heard, but I'm not going to spoil it. You have to go and get the, the view to read it, but it is well worth it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, as I say, it's one of those ones I think when you sit down in the player, because it's a bit different, you know, I think they really enjoy it. Uh, they enjoy talking about something different from football, and it gives, I think, the fans a bit of an insight into a, into a player's personality, because when we ask these questions about the songs, you know, we go a little bit more into detail, you know, why it resonates with them, you know, how it formed their, their musical journey and, you know, what it reminded them of different events in their life. So it is, it is I find it gives a really interesting insight and I know Kieran enjoyed it and really took a, a big interest in it. Uh, Tony, I mean, I know you you didn't obviously do the feature, but um, you, you've read it and, uh, you know, you've spoken to Kieran a number of times as well. Uh, you know, did you see a different side to Kieran from it or, you know, is it what you expected? 
Yeah, absolutely. Different side. I mean, um, given his age, I didn't expect to see the, the likes of Rod Stewart and, and stuff in there. So you're right, he does have a very eclectic taste. Um, and it was, it was really interesting because this isn't something that would naturally come up in a, a post-match interview. And it's these are the kind of questions and things that fans want to, to know about. And yeah, the, the players just come alive when they get the chance to, to do something a wee bit different and, and talk about them themselves and, and their interests. So it was, it's a great read. Okay, well, without much further ado, we're going to hear from Scott and Kieran just a couple of selections from the audio interviews. So we're going to start off with Scott as he answers a couple of the questions that you sent in, and then we'll hear from Kieran as he discusses his favourite Celtic and Christmas songs. What's your most memorable trophy that you've won and why? The one against Aberdeen just the other day, the last season. Uh, Tom Rogers goal in the last minute to go through the season invincibles and to do it in that style and to score in the last minute and Tom's right foot it meant so much to everybody and I think it was a lot of weight off our shoulders as well because it's been a, a long time since we've had the three trophies at back to Celtic Park and it was one of the things that I signed and I wanted to, always wanted to do and I've been lucky enough to do it. Do you or Katie ever feel the cold? You're the only <laughs> ones ever see wearing shorts and t-shirts. Uh, if you're on a bit you shouldn't feel the cold. Yeah. So uh, you always feel the cold no matter what, but it's once you go out there you start running about, you warm yourself up and I don't like to be too hot while I'm outside training, whether it's freezing cold, raining, I just prefer just to be kind of chilled more than anything. So I like the people sing? Yeah, it's, it's a cheery one, everybody knows it, it's one of the, probably the first songs you ever learn when you're, when you're a kid growing up supporting Celtic, it's always played through the speakers at Celtic Park as well and even at away games now when you hear a fan sing that it's good so you nice that. lyrics as well to it as well it's aye aye it's good and it's, it's a kind of cheery song as well and it's aye it's good I'll go that ok um, you weren't tempted to put your own uh, tribute song in there no I've got two two songs in there but um, what nah. would you prefer I don't know what we prefer obviously you started the, the Sha La La one was mm-hmm. my first ever Celtic the, the fans sang my name for the first time I was buzzing mm-hmm. But all one, the lyrics in that are good, and Aye. the tune's good, and see when they sing it away games and that, I, I they like that. So I remember they sung at Ibrooks and at the full stand, and I seen them all just clapping and that, and it's Aye. probably one of the best moments of my life, man. Honestly, yeah. what a feeling it is. Um, favorite Christmas song? Oh, it's Fairy Tale in New York, without yeah. a doubt. There's plenty, plenty of great songs. I've been listening to Heart Christmas, Heart Xmas, <laughs> Heart Christmas on my radio uh-huh. for about two weeks now. Um, and every time with Fairy Tale in New York, you're a full blast and you're singing away. But plenty of great Christmas songs, but that's, that stands all, that stands alone for me. So from one bona fide Celtic fan to another, we're now going to discuss James McLean, probably one of the most passionate and genuine Celtic supporters I've spoken to, particularly high-profile fans. You know, they might have a soft spot for Celtic but James McLean really is the real deal. He loves the hoops. And uh, Paul, this was a, a, a great interview to do. We, I think everyone has known for a long time how big a Celtic fan James McLean is, but it really comes across in the piece and it came across from speaking to him how much the club means to him. Absolutely, yeah. It's, it's a good one for us to get. As you say, everybody knows that he loves Celtic. Um, he's he's obviously been a big star for the Republic of Ireland in the last World Cup campaign as well. So he, he's you know a high-profile player playing at the top of his game, and I think he's never hidden. And he says that in, in the piece as well. He's you know he grew up a Celtic fan. Obviously, 
uh, growing up in Derry, he was just he was just born into a Celtic family. All his friends, family supported Celtic, and I think he's he mentions the fact even though he's a footballer, why should he? You know, he's not going to change who he supports, and and he's quite happy just to to let everybody know that, that he, he loves Celtic. He, if he can get up here to a game, he does, and and you know you can just you can sense that passion and and, and love a Celtic. Um, coming across, and you know, it's it's fair to say, and again, I'm not I'm not saying anything that James doesn't actually say in the piece that he would love to wear the hoops. Oh, without a doubt. Um, you know, you, uh, there was one uh, part of the interview where he was talking about going to games at Celtic Park, one in particular, the Barcelona game, where Tony Watt, of course, scored that memorable goal. He missed the goal because he was leaving early to try and get back down to training at Sunderland, but that experience that unforgettable night in paradise that just reinforced his belief that he, w- he wants to play for the club of his dreams one day um but tony it, you know it, it's, it's great when you speak to these high profile fans and you come across ones that, that really love the club and, and james is that yeah absolutely it's, it's really special and i think it's something that that fans can relate to you know he's a premiership player but he shares the same dreams that, that celtic fans do and that's to to play for the club that he's grown up supporting all his life and and the passion really comes across in the pieces it's not just a case of having a soft spot f- for celtic he's, he's celtic through and through and also i think people what i think people will be surprised about is if you said to them who do you think uh, james mclean's celtic hero was growing up I think a lot of people, very few people would probably guess. I was quite surprised and pleasantly surprised. It was a, it was a really interesting answer that he gave. Again, we're, we're just putting wee teasers in here. We're not telling everybody, but it was, a, it was a really good answer that he gave for that. Yeah, it was. It was very interesting, particularly you know, players of James's age. He's 28 and you know players that grew up in an era with the likes of you know Henrik Larsson, Chris Sutton, Lubil Moravcek, Petrov. You know, you could you know line off all these litany of great names that played for the club in, in that time. Uh, but you know James, I think it underlines his passion and interest in Celtic that he's chosen someone slightly different from from what you might expect. Um, but what it does as well, Tony, I, I think as well when when you speak to speak to players like this as well, um, it just shows uh, Celtic's deep connection with Ireland too. You know we've got so many fans over there who have, are so committed to the club, coming over, you know, travelling great distances week on week, even from afar, supporting. They have that passion for the club. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think a, a lot of them as well support the likes of Manchester United and Liverpool, but he mentions in the piece that absolutely everyone supports Celtic there. It's got a real special place in their hearts and the the distances that some of these fans travel to come to the games week in, week out really speaks volumes of just how much the club means to them. I mean, I remember years ago speaking to a, a guy who runs a supporters club in Belfast and he said basically almost the same quote as James McLean. He has quote was there's precious few Irish men or women who don't have a soft spot or an affection for Celtic and I think that's absolutely true and I think he says that although his passion's there but he said even people who would maybe as, as Tony says have a, an English club you know Celtic would be their, their other team if not their first team. Yeah and what I like about James as well he wears his heart on the sleeve on the pitch you know he, he plays with such commitment and determination and desire and it's really made him a hero in his homeland as well with his performances for for the, the Republic in the World Cup qualifying campaign. I think he got four goals there and some crucial goals as well towards the end of it. So, you know, I think from that, he's probably become the most high-profile player in the Emerald Isle as well, Paul. I mean, he's, he's certainly, just by the way, he sort of galvanised that team towards the end of the, the, the campaign. They never got there in the end, but he was the driving force. 
Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you can, as you say, you can see how much it means to him. I, I, I think obviously he, I think he's thriving under Martin O'Neill and, and Roy Keane as well. But I think the, I think the one of the great strengths that Martin O'Neill always had was that, that passion that his teams always showed that you know whatever he says to the team just before they go out, it just it's obviously phenomenal. And, you know, we saw it with some of the performances of his Celtic team, and I think he does that. And, and for Ireland, and I think it obviously taps into that natural passion. Uh, and will to win that somebody like James McLean has. Well, now we're going to hear James talking about one of his current Celtic heroes, and uh, it's a really interesting piece from the interview as he discusses his admiration for Kieran Tierney. And I know uh, Kieran Tierney sent you a shirt down recently as well. I mean, um, so, is he the kind of player you, you most admire in the current team, or uh, you know, just tell us a bit about that? Personally, but I've, I've, I've kind of struck up, uh, you know, a good relationship. Uh, kind of, uh, I think it was kind of a, a mutual respect, obviously, for uh, and you know, you just get get talking that, man. So it's been, I've been talking to him a lot, but I've never actually met met him in person. So uh, you know, be nice to do that someday and have a have a face to face conversation with him. Uh, no, Kieran, Kieran actually, um, actually, for one of me, one of me, the Ireland jerseys. And uh, I said only only if he returns the favour. Um, mm. So um, obviously he, he, you know he, he sent it all the Champions League one. So um, so that was awesome. But um, like I said, you know he's a, he's a very he's a very very good player, uh, young player as well. In my opinion, probably the best left back in Britain at the moment. Um, even across Europe, if you look at the, the Champions League performances, you know he's he, he, he's up against some top players, especially Ian Robin who plays. Obviously on the right um, for Bayern as well. I thought he handled him well personally uh, on a one day one deal over the two games. But it just seems to be getting better and better. Um, yeah, so I'd say, I would say, yeah, we saw, he was someone I, I, I do really admire in the, the current team. I know there's a, a lot of very, very good players in that team as well. So we've just heard from a footballer that loves the hoops and now we're going to hear from someone from the world of celebrity and the acting fraternity that's also a massive Celtic supporter, Greg McHugh, who of, of course is most famous for playing Gary Tank Commander and Tony, you were the one that spoke to Greg for the this the, the Christmas edition of The View. Just tell us a bit about it. Yeah, it was great to speak to Greg. He's a very funny guy and he's a, a big Celtic fan. He actually took some time out from his panto rehearsals to talk to me. He's oh yes, he did. He's <laughs> He's uh, currently Sorry. doing Jack and the, the Beanstalk. Um, yeah, he has um, his granddad was actually the, the entry point for him to be a, a Celtic uh, fan growing up. He's not from Glasgow. He told me he sort of grew up in Edinburgh, so Celtic might not have naturally been his team, but it was uh, the passion from his his granddad that, that led him to be a Celtic fan. I think that's something that we can all relate to. I mean, for, for myself, it was the passion from my dad supporting Celtic that rubbed off in me and, and really, you know, started my love for the, the club. Yeah, I mean, I, I've actually spoken to, to Greg before. I think he came and played one of the charity matches here at Celtic Park and he was a really nice guy, genuine guy. He thoroughly enjoyed the experience. A bit surreal for him, I think, to be playing. And I think he mentioned when he spoke to me about his granddad as well and how big a part he'd played in his uh, love of Celtic. So, um, great to great to have him again in the view. And as as I said at the start, he's one of many 
many people in the acting world that support Celtic. Another, Martin Comston, is in the Christmas edition of The View. And there's so many. I mean, we could rhyme off tons and tons of actors that support support Celtic. I wonder why it is, Paul. I think it's just part of the uh, creative talent of uh, our, our community. Um, I mean, I think that Greg McHugh, when I was reading that piece, actually, I thought I'm going to have to go back and watch that charity game because I think he does... He waxes lyrical about uh, some skill that he showed on the pitch, but I just want to go back and verify that, that he's not in the, the passage of time. He's not just maybe just exaggerated that a little bit. Yeah, he makes some big claims, actually. It might be worth going back and, uh, you know, for scouting purposes because uh, his description of his performance, he was really standout. It's quite funny, actually. He is friends with Martin Comston, and it was Martin that actually got him into that charity match, which was a few years ago with uh, Paul McStay and Rio Ferdinand. Uh, so it might be worth checking out some of the footage of that on uh, on YouTube because uh, Greg says he sort of made something of a fool of Zola. Yeah, so that, that's the bit I want to, to verify. <laughs> but uh, I mean, it is good, to, you know, as you say, Mark, you know, you've got the likes of Greg McHugh and Martin Comston who who are really, you know, getting to the top of their own profession. You know, you know Martin Comston, you know, is starring films as well as like top TV shows. Greg McHugh is he's also going into more serious acting. I think it's the A word that's, that's, yep, that's, that's right. received a lot of rave reviews. And so they're doing really well, but you know, you can take them away from, from where they come from, but Celtic's always in the heart. And you can, as you guys know, as soon as you start talking to them, you can tell that they're just Celtic fans and that's what they'll always be. Yeah, I, I, every time I speak to, to Martin, actually, you know, you go through the routine, maybe you're talking about his latest acting project, but it's when you get to Celtic, you can just hear the enthusiasm in his voice rise, you know, that's his big, still his big passion in life, obviously based out in Hollywood, but he still fo- follows the team closely, and you know, there's a big group of them out there, I think Gianni Capaldi as well, a, you know, Scottish actors out there, he's a massive Celtic fan, of course there's Gerard Butler, who's a a Celtic supporter as well, Tony Curran. So I think as uh, Alan McGee, the, the the guy who obviously managed the Oasis, discovered the Oasis, he said, uh, obviously a Rangers fan, he said, all the cool people support Celtic. And I think this is reinforced in the Christmas issue of this year's view. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I think if, uh, if our friends across the city had a Christmas issue, it'd just be wet, wet, wet and Andy Cameron every year. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Well, uh, so so uh, Tony, um, obviously you spoke to Greg, so you can just give us a bit more uh, information about what you spoke to him about as as we link into this uh, clip. Uh, yeah, um, as is the case with actors and musicians, it can be quite hard to get along to to games. So um, Greg touches on that that um, he's, he still managed to keep abreast of Celtic's success, even though he's not managed to get along to Celtic Park much this season. And um, he was talking about his first Celtic game, which was in the sort of early to mid 1990s, um, when success wasn't uh, as common as it is now for Celtic. So he can he says he really appreciates everything that the club is is attaining right now. He touches on that. He touches on uh, Brendan Rodgers and the, the huge influence he's having on players such as Kieran Tierney. He talks about how important he is to, to nurturing some of those players coming through and to ensuring that they want to, to stay at Celtic and continue to develop under him. Celtic is the, the club I've got kind of most connection with, as I say, my granddad, and um, he used to come and watch me play football, and so he took me to Parkhead in my first games, and, and I suppose that's my, my main connection. All uh, right, what was your first game? Uh, my, my, uh, oh, I remember this really clearly, it was Motherwell. Uh, it was yeah. Celtic Motherwell, and I must have been maybe six 
years old or seven years old, so yeah, probably 96. Back in the back in the mid-90s were, 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 you know, not as uh, not as successful. It's brilliant. It's great to see them doing so well and um, kind of untouchable at the moment. And I think a lot of that comes from the leadership and the much confidence you can get to these players to say at clubs. You know, I think if you've got a leader like Red that can really get this team ethos into them, then players stay, don't they? You know, if it's if it's if it's all about the money and they don't get on with the manager, you know, you, you'll struggle to keep these boys. But if you've got someone who they respect and who keeps the team spirit together, then just, there's a fighting chance. Isn't so Greg McHugh there talking about how great a job Brendan Rodgers has done in Paradise. And of course, it's still a busy period for Brendan Rodgers and his players over the festive period. They have still six games to contest before the end of the year. But the final one will be the Glasgow Derby in Paradise. And there would be no better way to end a memorable year at Celtic than with another Derby demolition. So first of all, gentlemen, can I get a prediction for the score for the game on December the 30th? Starting with you, Tony. I think I'm going to go for a 4-0. 4-0, very confident. Well, I think we'd, we'd all take that, uh, Paul. Well, I was going to predict that as well, but I'll, I'll maybe go for five then. I just think that it's uh, it's kind of similar to last year. Obviously, the, the players are looking forward to this break, which, which was so beneficial to us last year. And, you know, you and I, when we were away in, in Paris, I actually spoke to Chris Davis about it, and he said it was a good thing that the last game before that break is, a, is one of the biggest games in the calendar a derby game so there's no sense of just winding down that the focus will be on that game so we'll be up for it we're at home we've got a brilliant record so I'm going to go on better than Tony and go for five yeah well we all love a five star performance a five star derby victory and hopefully that will be the case and I do agree with you you both I do think we're going to win the game and I think the fact we've got that incentive of the winter break just after, I think that'll be great motivation for the players. They'll be desperate to end this year in a high by putting uh, a big scoreline past our rival city rivals. So to play us out, what better way to do that than hear the Celtic TV commentary from the goals of the last game of 2016, that memorable derby victory at Ibrox. And we're also going to hear a special version of the Celtic song sung by Celtic fan Shane McGowan. Siachenko up against Garner, wins that challenge. Rolls it across and he's given the ball away again. This time he redeems himself and that's a couple of times in slack passes from Sviachenko. It's very uncharacteristic of him, but it's given Rangers as a Rangers player down, but Rangers on the attack, it's Tavernier across. And it's in the back of the net. And it looks like it's Kenny Miller who scored. Well, 12 minutes gone, and the home side have the lead. A disaster start for Celtic Air Paul, been playing so well in control of possession, attacking down the left-hand side. Eric Sviachenko giving the ball away, and then um, I think it was Emilio Izagiri didn't track the run of James Tavernier on the right-hand side. He edged his way into the box. It was a simple low cutback, and there was Kenny Miller. Textbook finish from the Rangers striker at the back post. Izagiri right-footed clearance. Clint Hill gets a touch in. Kiernan knocks it through this time. Sinclair's onside. It's a chance. Sinclair, he needs to get control. Stands in the ball. He's still got it. 
into the area, still Sinclair on his left foot, takes a shot, it's off the post, and it's cleared behind for a corner kick, Celtic so close to the equaliser. Rangers living a charmed life there, excellent play from Scott Sinclair, he'd struggled to get the ball under control, but when he did, he had one thing on his mind, get into the box, a couple of step, step overs opened up onto his left foot and took an angled shot from left to right, past Fodderingham, the Rangers keeper was beat and he has his post to thank him for keeping his side in front, but it's a Celtic corner. It's going to be an in-swinger from the right foot of Sinclair. Thinks it to the edge of the six-yard box again. It's missed by everybody. Stambelli takes a shot. It's in the back of the net. And once again, Moussa Dembele. He shoots, he scores. It's 1-8 to the Ibrox. Eat my goal. What a strike that was from Moussa Dembele. That looked like as if months and months of frustration from the striker encapsulated in one fantastic strike he put everything that his left foot had behind that ball and it almost burst the net West Fotheringham with absolutely no chance and Celtic are back into this game well a stunning stunning goal the Frenchman has now scored five goals in three games against Rangers He's a big game player, that's what Brendan Rodgers described him as before the game and he has proved that once again he controlled it and there was not a goalkeeper who could have saved that blustering left foot shot. It's not forward only as far as Izagiri, Izagiri can cushion it down to McGregor, McGregor forward to Sinclair and Celtic on the attack again, it's wave after wave of Celtic attack, it's McGregor, edge of the box, curls it across, looking for Dembele, Dembele, oh it's off the bar, it's Sinclair a chance, he's hit the side netting, oh so close to a second goal and Callum McGregor's delivery at full stretch, Dembele, it's come back off the bar, so close. Uh, the goal was escaping there, Fotheringham was left in no man's land, Celtic three golden opportunities now at the start of this second half, less than ten minutes into it, could be 3-1 up, 4-1 up. Oh, we've got about 20 minutes or so left in this game, and still... Nothing separates the sides in terms of goals, but certainly in terms of quality, it's been all Celtic in the second half. And Roberts, the substitute, gets his first chance to drive towards the Celtic, the, towards the Rangers' defence, knocks it through to Armstrong into the box, plays it across the six-yard box, and it's a goal! And Scott Sinclair has scored! It's no more than Celtic deserve! It's 2-1, wonderful goal! What scenes we're seeing here at Ibrox, Paul Celtic taking a 2-1 lead, deservedly so, with just 20 minutes left. Patrick Roberts coming in on that right-hand side. What did I say? An inverted winger moving on to the left foot. A wonderful reverse pass for Stuart Armstrong. And the man in form for Celtic looks up, picks the ball across, and there's Scott Sinclair to put the ball in the back of the net for his 11th league goal of the season. Well, he has been in excellent form this afternoon, Scott Sinclair, and the goal is no more than he deserves. The goal is no more than Celtic deserve. And with 20 minutes on the clock here at Ibrox, it's the champions, the league leaders, the five-in-a-row winners who are leading by two goals to one.
Halloween on a silly show. It's coming home to rest the paradise. 